2: Good morning, everybody. Welcome in hour number three of the Big and Wild outdoors. Thank you so much for joining us on this beautiful Saturday morning as we broadcast live out here, at Countryside Baptist Church, out here in Dover on uh, Sydney Road, out here corner of Sydney and Gallagher uh, for the Beast Feast happening a little bit later on this afternoon. Uh, I got to say, good morning to our good friend Steve Austin who sent me a text. That said, "Good morning to the Lumpy, Humpy, and Dumpy Show." So <laughs> that would be us—the well, no. lumpy, uh, humpy, and dumpy. So I don't know who. Is well, it's. Know, Pick your own. I if... know
1: which one I want to be.
2: Lumpy, <laughs> dumpy. I don't know. But anyway, uh, we uh, thank you from so much, Steve, for the for the wake up text. I appreciate it. Uh, we're supposed to be hearing from our buddy John Harris, who's going to give us a call a little bit in a little bit, uh, and we're going to talk to him about a big giant auction he's got coming up. And so, uh, well, he's on the phone now, so we'll we'll get him on the horn now. Good morning, John. How are you doing this morning, man? Yeah, it's a beautiful a good, Saturday morning.
0: Yeah, What's good morning. What's going on? Brayden. Yes, sir. You,
2: you yeah. sound so serious. Come on, man. Did
0: you just wake yeah. up?
2: This is a great, beautiful day.
0: It is a beautiful day. I'm yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. Huh? Uh, yes, sir.
2: Oh, I'm excited. <laughs> <I am>. uh, <laughs> it's the beast feast today, man. you going to come out and eat some strawberry shortcake with us, or what?
0: Well, that sounds like a great event out there. I'm going to try. I've got to go okay. to Plant City this morning. Yep. It sounds like That'd a really nice awesome. thing you guys are doing out there. So,
2: you know. Well, we appreciate it. Now, this thing here, I talked to uh, John this past week, and he said, Brayden, you you got to check out this. You know, and he always has good auction items. And, you know, for us, for outdoor guys, John always seems to have these great auctions that appeal to well, – as soon as I see his flyer, I go, oh, I already know 50 people who want half of this crap on here. Seriously. And uh, this one here, I sent out a text to – uh, Al's Wild Meats to David Doble at Tampa Bay Brewing Company to Mike Cotterman at, uh, at, uh, up at his distillery and everywhere else like that because uh, he's got this auction that's coming up on March the 6th that has just all kinds of crazy stuff on here that, I, as a guy, you look at it and you go, oh, dude, I could find a million uses for this.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that was the idea when I got this. I thought to myself, you know, a lot of this is going to be repurposed and and i thought well you know this is kind of an outdoor thing there's you know it was an animal processing plant there's agricultural field to it and then i thought of oh, you guys i said i got to let you know about this because a lot of these things are not going to go near their values you know because they're you know going to be repurposed and for that somebody might be able to pick up a saw or a, a table or something like that that uh help them in their as hunters or small farmers or something like that you know along those well, lines
1: and that, I was looking at that, a lot of this stainless stuff, you know, somebody who does a lot of processing and, and doing whatnot, but I'm thinking also turkey camp, uh, I, I put out one heck of a turkey camp, but... uh it, in these auctions are like is it gonna be like large lots or are you going to do okay, here's this table, here's this this saw type like deal. How's how's this auction generated? It's
0: kinda both. Like there'll be tables full of like chains and, and you know, come alongs, but the big pieces like the, the tables and the, the band saws and the slicers and the pumps and the motors, they'll go individually. You have a chance to buy okay. it, each piece one by one. Uh, but there's so much stuff there, a lot of things do get grouped when they're smaller.
2: Well, now, I, I uh, if people don't understand, I know you keep saying tables, but these are nice, big, giant, stainless steel, steel tables yeah. with uh, the side panels and everything else on there that are used for cleaning meat and processing meat and all that other stuff. So, not only do you have those big, giant tables, but they got these big, giant, uh, like, stainless steel tubs uh, I don't know how big. You how got a bowl
3: of that. You got all kinds of stuff.
2: What are they? What are those big giant bowl things? What are they called? Sausage,
0: sausage
3: pots. Hundred gallon sausage. sausage pots. Shoot bottoms. Stainless steel. steel. And
4: I, that,
0: that's one thing I'm trying to figure out what to use. One one person said they'd make great planters. I'm thinking, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, I guess you could. They're going to be sold. You can do whatever you want with them. But you know, if you were to buy those new, they're probably six seven hundred dollars a piece uh Easily. not the day of the auction and and there's like 12 of them but there's other pots there's there's lo- quite a bit of stainless steel <laughs> items there but those six, uh
3: yeah 6 700 dollars right now probably wouldn't get you the metal it costs to make them things <laughs> probably yeah that's
0: true but, and you know before we did this auction we had uh you know they took out tons of stainless steel things that we couldn't identify i mean they were just large large 10,000 gallon tanks and things like that and the guy called me back and said, look, I still have a ton of stuff, trailers and truck and equipment and tools, the usual you know, suspects, pressure washers and all the things it takes to run a rigging company, which is what he had. That's all got to go. And then some the stuff that he's collected over the years, which I thought was kind of cool.
2: Well, I know that uh, looking at the flyer, I went online and looked at it because the flyer didn't do it justice. I mean, if you go to uh, Harris Auctions HarrisAuctionsLLC.com, uh, you can click on the pictures and see a lot more of the stuff that's on there. And, uh, I mean, you had have a hard traps on there uh, that, that people are always looking for. You know, if they got a coon in the backyard or a possum that's uh, been hanging around the chicken coop or something, you can uh, get one of those. Dog cages, uh, I, everybody I know that has a dog always looking for a nice stainless steel uh, dog cage or something they could put in the back of a truck or something like that. That meat bandsaw alone, I couldn't imagine what that thing's worth. I mean, it's a big industrial-grade, uh, you know, chopper for that. And then slicers and sausage pots. And then I look, and there's this big, giant thing on there. And I was asking John, I go, what is that thing? He goes, that's a big, giant incubator. So if you're, <laughs> if you're wanting to raise chickens or pheasants or quail or any of that yeah. other stuff.
1: Alligator eggs. Alligator, alligator eggs, and, any of uh, that stuff. That, that particular machine
0: is primarily fowl. Uh, But, you know, to your point, this is so diverse. And remember where it's at. It's in Waimama. Waimama. Yeah,
2: Yeah, it's in Waimama.
0: You've got all those things that you just named are kind of like standard fare down there. Uh, But we're going to sell them all. Every bit's going on March
3: 6th. Yeah, I mean, k K trailers, all that stuff. Well, and I can speak to it, anybody that's listening, since we went to the one you had a little while back when I purchased a generator. uh, It's a first-class run operation, and, you know. One thing I will say is this: is when Mister John starts uh, auctioning things off, you better bid because he doesn't take very long to start moving stuff.
2: (laughs) If you see you got your eye on something, you better have your hand ready to go. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Well, now John, I know there's a lot of stuff on there that we we were kind of harping on the other stuff, but like you said, there are uh, looking at the flyer. You got these big giant uh, funnel stainless steel uh, tanks. If you're a cattle guy and you know you got molasses, you want a place to store molasses and all that stuff. It'd be a perfect item for it. You got these big giant uh, stainless steel tanks that look like the the same things that we use at uh, at uh, G five or at, at a brewery that like are for cookers or something. I don't know even know what those things are with the door on the side. Oh, well, you it, got
3: a lot of those. You can convert them real easy into a grain silo or anything like that, or too. a smoker. Yeah,
2: I mean anything.
3: Great ideas, and I need that.
0: That's what I was trying. When I looked at those tanks, that 1,250-gallon stainless steel tank with the agitator, I said, I, this has got to be good for something. I mean, I, I, I don't know what, but you just had a half a dozen good ideas, certainly. So, yeah. It, it sure would, make,
2: an, it would make a nice bear-proof, uh, bear-proof feeder. Stick yeah. it out there. <laughs> Put a feeder motor on the bottom of that bad boy. You'd be throwing corn for a Fill year. Fill up
0: for a year and a half. That's right.
2: You'd be all yeah. set for
0: that. Well, it's all uh, salvaged. It's all got to go. So uh, we're going to have a preview on the 5th. That's all day on Friday next week. And then Saturday at 10, we're going to start selling it. It takes about three hours to do it.
2: All right. So yeah. it, it's going it's to be a location. You have to be on location to bid and get all that stuff?
0: Yeah, great question. It, it, we're only doing live. There won't be any online bidding. It, it is entirely outdoor. We're going to ask people, you know, if they're uncomfortable, wear masks, distance, and all that stuff. It's on a 10-acre fish farm, so we got plenty of room. And um, so, yeah, it's all live. It's going to be buy it right there, pay for it, and take it.
1: There you go. So, uh, whoa, whoa. A fish farm. So if uh-huh. I brought my rod and I'm it on the property, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we stop. Uh,
0: shut down fish farm. If you like tilapia, uh, yeah, bring bring your dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: never mind. You know, speaking of that, the last auction you did, did you ever get a chance to go back there and go for uh, that big giant bass you said was living in that lake? Yeah,
0: well, we went there and we were in the, on the lake about 30 minutes. And then we and? had to leave. Called Limit. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. I mean, we just went one side of the bank and we're like, we're done. And then, you know, I just said, we'll never get to come back here and fish again. It was a great experience.
1: Oh, Beautiful place. Awesome. you see the, the big alligator?
0: We didn't see the big alligator, Big Mo. Uh, I haven't seen him in a while, but we—I've seen something I've never seen, and I'm not an outdoorsman like you guys, but I'd never seen two maybe six, seven-foot alligators tangling, fighting. That was a scary sight. Looked like God. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, Uh,
2: yeah, yeah, them them boys don't play.
0: Yeah, they don't, and uh, that started the trip. But we were—we were there. We were on the lake probably an hour. And uh, oh, came well. back to that. No, it was full of fish, and we got a great dinner, and it was fun and was a nice experience. Of one of the benefits of getting to see a place like that. So
2: well, that's mm. awesome. Well, now this yeah. auction is coming up uh, again. Let me reiterate: it's on Saturday, March the sixth. Yeah. It starts at ten a.m. It's down at fifty two zero one Bonita Drive, down in Waimama, Florida. Mm. And if you want more information for it, please uh, go check out the pictures and all that kind of good stuff at Harris dot and uh, he's got a nice web page there where you can click on the pictures, blow them up, take a look at whatever it is that you're looking at, write it down so that you remember it if that's what you want, so when you get to the auction you can wait for that item and just be ready with your hand and pocketbook or whatever else you got to whip out to get his attention. And uh,
1: Green. Yeah, green. green
2: green always gets John's attention when you do that kind of stuff. And, just uh, wink,
0: that's all it takes. Yeah, um, if anybody has any questions, they can give me a call. The number's all over the website. And, uh, I'm a- yep.
1: I got a little Bell's palsy now. Winking might not do well. <laughs> exactly Wink common. with your other eye. Wink
2: with your other. Eye. Well, John, uh, hey, listen, uh, call us again next Saturday. Let us know that you're getting
0: ready to start. Is that cool? Can you do that? I'd love to. Great. I love. To. I'm trying to get on to you guys today. Thank you very much. All right, much. man. I,
2: yes, sir. I appreciate it. Go enjoy your Saturday, whatever it's doing. If you get a chance, come by here get some strawberry shortcake later. All right. All right. Bye now. See you, John. That's uh, John Harris, of course, with uh, Harris Auctions again. Go check it out, Harris Auctions That's Harris Auctions LLC.com. That uh, is going to be on Saturday, March the 6th, starting at 10. A preview on the Friday before at noon, from noon until 5. We're going to take a quick break, you guys. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, broadcast live at Countryside Baptist Church. We'll be back. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. Good morning. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors, broadcasting at Cripside the Baptist Church out in Dover at the uh, on Sydney Road, corner of Gallagher and Sydney Road. We're here for you, broadcasting live. hope you'll come by and bring the family and have a great day of food and fellowship, everything out here. It's absolutely free. If you are looking to maybe try something you never had before, or maybe something that you had last year and you want to get another bite of it because it is just so darn good, uh, come on out. We're gonna have uh, on the short list. I always say that because Lord knows what somebody else is gonna bring in here. We still don't know what's gonna be in Mountain Man Stew this year. It has not been announced. But uh, we do. We're gonna have uh, fried gator bites, crawfish, uh, swamp cabbage, fried fish, wild hog, venison, smoked venison, fried venison, chili venison, burgers, venison burgers, dirty rice, squirrel and rice, frog legs, boiled peanuts, uh, Uncle John's pride. Uh, Glenn's got to bring a uh, a plethora of fish out here that he's going to be cooking. Uh, trout, specks, red snapper, grouper, catfish, bluegill, shellcrackers, and bass, all that stuff here as long as uh, it goes on. A lot of catfish, too, he's got going out there. So you're going to get your belly full for sure and then end it all with some strawberry shortcake. And don't forget, they always give away some prizes. They got door prizes for everybody and the classic car show going on as well. And the guest speaker this year is Mr. Ronnie Smith, who's come down all the way from Georgia, who's going to be out here hanging out with everybody and shaking hands and kissing babies, having a great old day out here. Uh, We are out here until it gets underway, uh, and it's going to be a beautiful day for it. we got a nice, cool breeze, lots of shade, lots of trees, all that kind of good stuff. And Bill George can't wait to get himself some sausage.
1: Sausage? I think I'm going to do some of that fish. Oh, yeah. Fish.
2: Fish will be good. We lost Jonathan because some fancy guy pulls up in here in some big old truck that he's had for 10 years that's full draw written down the side of it yeah. like he's somebody who knows something. And, uh, of course, he pulls in here, you know, stinky, stinky. I guess he brought his cameraman with him. So you know what that means. Turkey season's right around the corner, so I wonder why they're in town. Hmm. Why, do you, why do you think he came all the way down here to go mess around out here? Do you think it's got something to do with starts with a no, ends with an A?
1: Yeah. Think
2: probably. so? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe he'll sit down in a chair and maybe we'll get some more answers or anything like that. Uh, some
3: All right, s- he's here to defend himself now. What,
2: what do you mean defend himself? I'm not the one who drove up here in that big, stinky truck.
5: Look, I just came by to see Jonathan. Sure Downs you did. Oh, uh, yeah, sure, here at Freddy Food. Jonathan's my buddy, so I had to come by and say hey.
2: Now, who are you, sir, and what are you doing sitting in our chair?
5: Uh, Carson Corey with final draw. No way. Yes, sir. Are the guy, the
3: guy for the last three, two years. Uh-huh. Two years, you heard him on the radio at the Beast Feast.
2: Yeah, I know who he is because I had to sit there and watch him sit back and do nothing while uh, you cleaned the hog
5: for him. <laughs> that's exactly right. Are you darn right, hey, I, I have did. To do the hard work of shooting it. Now. That's that's the tough part. Getting hard ready, work of shooting. Hot. That yes. is part
3: of being a good outfitter. Yeah, and a good and right.
5: a good host.
2: It was uh, my kids enjoyed it tremendously. <laughs> I think it was I think the first Vince hog
3: enjoyed it the most.
2: Yeah, it was the first hog they actually got to get their hands in on and actually clean it. So you had the great job. You were like.
3: Dang! I got all these volunteers to help with this. I'm gonna stand back over here and watch. No, them. Yeah. no. The fun Somebody part. Somebody get about a cooler it, for him. The <laughs> fun part about that was, is really truthfully, I didn't have all of my tools at my disposal. But I do remember Vince pulling me to the side and saying, "Okay, I know now not to make you mad because it was kind of hilarious <laughs> to watch you uh, <laughs> take the hog apart, cut
2: up a human-sized carcass. Is that what oh. he's trying to say? I'm just like. <laughs> That Dude. was actually, uh, you came out there to the Beast Feast and just kind of like on a whim uh, went out to the back 40 and set up and got yourself uh, a nice little hog, man. Popped him right there.
5: Well, I got I to gotta give my credit to my outfitter. You know, he's first class and.
2: Are you talking about Jonathan's dad? Yeah,
5: I'm trying to. <laughs> 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 Actually, I'm talking about his his, his daughter. Oh yeah, yeah there you Ava, go. Yeah, yeah
2: she yeah. she knew where all the hogs were. She was the guide. So um, now, are you down here uh, filming? Are you going to be shooting a turkey? What are you What are you doing? Uh, you just so,
5: so we're going to do a. Uh, I got a buddy of mine that's doing a hog hunt. Um, or we're just going to go down there and shoot some hogs with him. So we're just down that's busy, it? hanging
2: out. And turkey season's like a week or
3: so away. So uh, he might be doing some pre scouting.
5: Yeah, yeah.
3: Is that what yeah, this yeah. is?
5: Well, I can't stay too long. I burn up most of my quote-unquote vacation days in the whitetail woods so i got really so you had a a, short trips had
2: a prosperous year this year uh with whitetail
5: Uh, it was good it was good um every year we're able to get out in the woods i love every minute of it now it was a grind as far as the footage goes um and we have to get 13 shows every year so that's a lot of pressure. is that what that's
2: his job is that who that is Is that your camera guy No,
5: this is actually so this richard he's he's new to the show he is absolute uh killer man he can he can get in there and can get it done
2: um, really? Can he catch trout with his bare hands?
5: Uh, he catches with his teeth. He'll really? <laughs> are you kidding me? Up, yeah. Just gets
2: down there and opens his big old mall and waits till they <laughs> swim in and bites down. It's kind of like a bear. Yep.
4: Yeah, he That's pretty is. good.
2: What, what's your name again?
4: Uh, Richard Shoemaker.
2: Richard Shoemaker, where are you from, Richard?
4: Uh, Caswell County. Who? Caswell <laughs> County, outside <laughs> what are, what are, of Mebane, North Carolina.
2: Oh, good. God. These are North Carolina boys. He's yeah, up yeah. there on some mountain somewhere.
4: We, we, we're up there. I, the main reason I came
5: down here. Why are you
2: here? Who's watching your saying?
4: I, hey, um, I just cut, rode out with Carson here, you know, just killing time. Man. So, you what, your
2: kinfolk back there watching the sang fields for you, making oh, sure you got no boy. poachers well, in there? What's I, the deal?
4: Well, we don't have sang right there where we at much, you know. Oh, really? Yeah.
2: I thought it was everywhere. I mean, my brother uh, learned a lesson. He moved to North Carolina got up on top of a mountain and uh, went out to go turkey, uh, deer hunting first time and, of course, Typical, he was out there in the woods and got met by two guys out in the middle, and they're like, who are you? What are you doing here? And he's like, I'm out here deer hunting. I live on this side, blah, blah, blah. blah. You know, you got to know locations. Otherwise, they're like, oh, you're over by the old blankie, blankie place. Yeah, that's me right there. Okay. So what are you doing out here? Deer hunting. You ain't out here sang hunting? No, no. What What the hell is sang? sang. He's like, I don't even know what sang is. I mean, you're talking about a Texas kid. He's like, I don't know what sang is. He goes, you don't know about gensang? He goes, I don't know nothing about no a He's like, well, as long as you ain't taking our sang, we don't care. You can shoot all deer you want. That get them turkeys right. out of here, too. Yep, yep. Uh,
5: well,
2: but that right there will get you killed. Yeah. Killed and buried somewhere out in a mountain somewhere.
5: Well, I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm, I'm really happy and excited to come down to Florida because you don't have to wear three or four masks on, on top of you at the same time.
2: So. Isn't that amazing how it's weird like that? I mean, my sister, I got a sister out in California, and one of her friends... Uh, came to florida and went to disney world and they came over to the beach for a while and spent about two weeks down here when they went back they had this report like they went to some foreign nation (laughs) they were like you're not going to believe those people in florida no one wears a mask they're still walking around in (laughs) flip-flops there there's 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 people everywhere they're all in the bars they're already eating dinner hey all you have to do is put a mask on go sit down and you take it off it's crazy we're
3: not we're not that – really, truthfully, not that bad here. But it's – I laugh for the people who have come up and hunted with me in Bluntstown and stuff like that. Go around that town and see how it is. It's really a foreign nation. Yeah.
2: Well, that's what I'm saying. For somebody from California where they have to keep one on even to sit out and and their governor wants them to wear a mask while they actually eat. So you just pull your mask down, put some food in your mouth, and put it back up. It, it, to them, it's like this –
3: while he goes to oh. dinner with no mask or anything else well, you,
5: you know what blows my mind I was just talking to uh, one of my Canadian outfitters And he he follows our politics closer than we do I mean they're just all the time That's that's what they watch up there is our politics well, Yeah because um,
2: they got the worst uh, person to lead in their country But, but, you
5: yeah. but he said uh, And this blows my mind He said man the people on the news Are telling us y'all are pretty much a third world country With Ebola He said it is so bad And if we come down from Canada You know the border is still shut down so uh, we won't be able to do our bear hunt this spring. Uh, we weren't able to do it last year. It's been shut down. It's killing those outfitters up there. But he said, people from Canada, if they travel down to the states, he said they come back and their, their people just rag them because the United States is supposedly, yeah. you know, you're gonna dead kill us all. Stacking up everywhere. And it's yeah. Just, yeah it's you're almost. gonna kill it. Yeah. Bring
2: out your dead. Yeah, yeah. It's gonna kill. You know what? I got a solution for you. You go up and you hunt the border you know, around Maine or anywhere else up there, and you go and you wait for a bear to go on your side of the property, then you shoot it. <laughs> there you go. And if it runs back over to the Canadian side, you just, you know, call the Mounties and all that stuff, and they'll go get it for you and
5: drag it back over. So it's all good. I'll just take Jonathan with me. He can go get it. No,
2: you got to have a passport to do that. I, I watch the thing. Uh, uh, I know a lady who does uh, deer and bear hunts and moose hunts up in Maine, mm-hmm. and she's had to do that many times really? where Mm-mm. somebody will shoot one and it'll run over to the Canadian side bloop, and you see it, and so they have to call the Mounties and go, he's right over there, and they'll pick it up, and they go, yeah, we found him right over and they go, fine, drag his ass back over here.
3: Float him and over. And they'll
2: drag him back over across the United States, That's and you're crazy. like, thanks a lot, appreciate it, bye, get out, yeah. and, and do it that way. Huh. So I got a solution for your bear hunt. Now yep. you can just sit on the border no. one foot over, like, you know, like you're no, breaking I, the I, law, international law. Look, I'm breaking international law. Now I'm not. Yeah. Now I am. Now I'm not. <laughs> that would be funny as crap. Thank you. Yeah. Swing on one side of a tree with your tree stand, I'm over in Canada. Swing around the other side, I'm back in the United States. It'd be
4: awesome. <laughs> no, now,
2: no, what no. do you now you're the newest kid to the show. What do you what is your uh, forte? What do you like to do?
4: Well, I'm I'm game for any of it, you know. I getting in know, the I woods. trying new stuff out, you know, stay out in the outdoors, you know.
2: Now, let me ask you as North Carolina boys, is there anything that you get outside of your state that's alien to you uh that you I mean, deer hunting is deer hunting, whether it be in Idaho or in South Georgia or anywhere else like that. But there are places where you go to where you may experience something that you've never, I mean, like frog gigging. Do you guys do frog gigging oh, in yeah. North Carolina? Yeah.
4: Mm-hmm. Done, that's what I was growing up on, you know, eating frog legs and stuff right. like that. But, uh, you know. Uh, but it's
2: different. I mean, you do ponds and and lakes and do you do creeks, streams? I mean, I don't. Uh, no, a branches? Lot what do you call the damn things up there?
4: Ponds. Um, you know, around you know, around where we at, they, I really don't see a lot of frogs on moving water and stuff. They like the stagnant old ponds and everything else. So.
2: Right, old um, abandoned swimming pools is always a good spot. God help yeah. them if they
3: get on a golf course. But <laughs> yeah, but,
2: yeah. yeah. For sure. <laughs> but I mean, uh, I mean, like gators. Have you gone down for any alligators? Or?
4: I've, I've never done any alligators. And like I said, coming to Florida here, it's uh, you know, seeing the alligators and stuff like that. The the the
3: man that you just met with the Hawaiian shirt. He can facilitate that need for you pretty quickly.
2: Yeah, I mean, he owns this little store called GMB Gator Gear, Gator Supplies, So he pretty much uh, knows what the hell he's he, talking he about. He might have a clue what right? he's doing. Might I uh, might you know he he's he's been known to kill a few of the lizards. I think what was the one uh, his biggest one last year thirteen, 13 Yeah, so he
3: only whistles and ten footers jump in his boat. Something like that.
2: <laughs> he's 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 got this little magic hand thing that he does, and they just come running right to him. And he, They surrender, and they go, just take him. Kind of like
3: Crocodile Dundee with the water buffalo. Yes,
2: that whole little thing. He's the Gator Whisperer. He is.
5: That's awesome.
2: And then he hits him with a 44 mag bang stick. (laughs) Now you get to meet Jesus. All right, we're going to take a break. It is the Big and Wild Outdoors. We're hanging out with some crazy guys from North Carolina. We'll tell you more about them when we come back. It is the Big and Wild, broadcasting from the Countryside Baptist Church. Brought to you by Brandon Ford. Stay right there. back. It is a Big and Wild Outdoors. Braden Gunn, Jonathan Swindle, and uh, got two guys hanging out here, Ricky and Carson, of course, from Final Draw. Is it Final Draw TV, or is it Final Draw, two guys in the woods? What is the official name for, for, <laughs> yeah, your, this, uh, sh- for your show?
5: Final Draw TV, we're on uh, Sportsman's channel right now, Sunday nights at 7, and then right. you can also find us on Amazon Prime. So. Awesome.
3: This year it was Final Draw when Carson and them needed something killed. They sent his wife in the woods.
5: That's very true. Yeah, she can get it done. I mean, she can straight Dude, get it done. She was I
2: think most guys that have shows that are <laughs> called things like Final Draw or Red Mist or anything like that, chances are their wives are pretty good shooters as yeah. well. Uh, just just a guess. Kind of like your wife or your kids. Uh,
3: it's, yeah. yeah.
2: It's one of those things where it's like, it's by osmosis. I don't know. But before the break, we were talking about your uh, whitetail season. Where did you end up going uh, this past season? Uh, we know you didn't get to make it to Canada
5: no, because no. of the shutdown. But – So, so, uh, Illinois, uh, we go there every year. Le Outdoors, I love that place. Um, And then uh, Kansas, Kentucky... Kansas, Kentucky, Illinois. I'm Trying to think of where else we went, man. It's, it's kind of a blur. Did do an Arizona Coos hunt this this year. Yeah, uh, that was a first for me, and that was that was pretty cool.
2: What so. size was the uh, deer that you got? Was uh, he An eight, a six.
5: It was an eight pointer, and That's we hunt- a big boy. We're hunting in velvet, and it's so early that they're they're just still bulbed out. I mean, it's yeah, you know, how are you of shooting
2: anything in velvet? It's such a waste.
5: Hey, we're mountain- I'm mountaining in velvet meat tastes the same. Uh, Actually, that I tender. do understand.
2: Yeah. I, I just uh, I've just. <laughs> I rarely get to see one that's ever mounted that actually looks like it did when I shot it.
5: Yeah, and that's what uh, so, so I stayed down there with the guy that he didn't charge us anything to come down there and hunt, and he's actually a taxidermist. So when we went down there, I was like, man, this is awesome. The guy's done a lot of work. He's let us come down and hunt, and just very thankful. So when I killed the uh, the coos deer, I said, uh, man, I might just I, I'm I'm gonna let you keep it mounted. I normally take everything back to my taxidermist back home. I said, but I'm gonna let you keep it mounted. I said. uh what do you charge for a mount? Because at home, you know, 4 four fifty is is...
2: That's about average, average yeah.
5: He said, uh, I was thinking, little who's there? Yeah, this thing might be $300. He said, $800? Yeah. i about choked, but I'd already told him, you know, hey, I want you to mount it. So I, was, I couldn't be like, I'll take that back to the house.
2: What are you putting, it's a ca- gold grill in that thing? <laughs> no, what are no, you doing? No,
3: it's called the Osceola turkey effect. Yeah,
2: uh, probably, because, yeah. yeah, they are rare, and it's yeah. not easy to get. But uh, yeah. I always wondered, because... Uh, When Benny Spies had his show on for a while, one of the things I loved about Benny's show was he rarely went outside of his own state because uh, he showcased his own state a lot because not a lot of people know about the Dakotas Mm -hmm. and what you can do there and all those things like that, which got me kind of thinking when we were talking. We had him on the show a couple of times. He's a great dude to talk to. But I said, you know, you never see anybody who goes and does like black tail deer or goes to Washington State, or goes up to northern Oregon, or goes to any of those other northeastern states. And I always wondered why that is. Is you think it's because it's harder to get stuff up there or permitted or anything like that, or is it just too damn far?
5: You know, for me personally, I mean, coming from North Carolina, and just something I love about hunting in the south <laughs> is uh, we are a very target-rich environment. And that's why I love Florida. You can shoot something 365 days a year. I mean, every day. Exactly. So I, I love that. Um, I just... You know, you see a lot of the guys that, that are living for this western hunt and those guys like in Oregon and stuff. I know they draw a tag, and some of them might get a tag this year. They might not. as We're, we're over here just buying them and stacking them. You know? Yeah, so, walk into Wally World and you know, go, I don't want yeah, four. Yeah,
3: for somebody that had to eat a New Mexico tag this year, I didn't want to talk about it. Yeah, yeah.
5: So, you know, just the, the shot opportunities and, and stuff, and I'm just I'm pretty satisfied, to be honest with you. You
2: know, it, it's kind of weird, too, that I, I think that – Now, maybe out in Washington for a blacktail or something like that or Sitka or, you know, on the island would be a rough adventure. But um, I know it sounds egotistical or anything else, but, like, when I went to Wyoming and the guide I always go out with, we'd go out to shoot prairie dogs. We wouldn't go for anything else. We'd spend two days out there shooting prairie dogs and then go see the sights. You know, go to Custer Battlefield, go to Mount Rushmore, go to Deadwood, you know, just did the whole sights out there. But – they're like, man, we need to get you out here and shoot an antelope. We need to get you out here and shoot a mule deer. We need to get you out and shoot an elk. And I go, you mean that one, or those, or that right there, or those over there, or that one right here, or these ones eating in your front yard? I mean, what's the challenge? What? You walk out front in your underwear with a cup of coffee and a 44 mag, and go, that's pretty good looking antelope right there. Boom! I mean, well, it's done. It's- and then I see these shows about it. These guys are crawling on the ground. You know, they got the little, you know, fake sage bush thing in front of it. I'm like, dude, All for TV. It's got to be. Yeah. For- I said, have you ever been there before, Jesus man? I'm sitting in a truck and I were stopped waiting for them to run by. Yeah. I mean, it was literally like pick one, and they'd stop and look at you like, w- "What's up, man? What are you looking at?" Yeah, I'm but like, you're not
5: hunting those. I-
2: but even when we were, when they were hunters. They're on top of every red, uh, ridge. They're everywhere staring and looking at you like, what, what well, are you doing
5: over there? We, we do have, I will say, the southeast is is by by far, and there's no argument about it, uh, the toughest place to hunt whitetails. But you got to think about it. From the time that they have buttons and spots to the time that they actually die, they're getting shot at. You know what I mean? Woods are full Just, of rednecks. Well, there's yeah.
3: somethings hunting them.
5: Yeah. Period. They're, they're getting hunted. So they are more spooky. And uh, I went out there to Arizona, and they called it the gray ghost. You know, And they mm-hmm. say it's super spooky and this, that, and everything else. We go there the first day, and my cameraman's at the bottom with with the uh, guy that it took us, and they happen to, to make some adjustments to the stand. So I went up to the stand, uh, climb up to the top of the stand. I'm sitting there looking around. They're putting the stand together, beating, banging, and all this stuff. And back home, you do that, and you ain't going to see a deer for two days. And I look up, and there's a coos uh, doe 40 yards from us looking at us. I said, well, so much for the great ghost.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, it's – I, maybe it's tough for them. I don't know. I guess being a guy who was always been in the South, and as Bill George likes to say in Florida, we hunt in the jungle. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, average shot here is thirty yards, uh, whether it be with a bow or a rifle. So that's why I rag on him. I'm like, dude, you know, you're out there with a 300 wind Mag. Do you really need that at thirty yards? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, No, you can't tell me what I need. And I go, you're right. Uh you know, well, oh, and man,
3: I laugh, and you can back me up on this. Like what I love since we started the outfitting business is getting the people from out west that come down here and hunt hogs Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and dad a mutual friend of ours you know he introduced me to a guy he's an outfitter in the dakotas and they're going to come down and probably do some pig hunting with us and stuff like that and he made the comment to me when my dad's sitting there one time he's like yeah man i'll come down there and shoot some pigs and y'all can come out here and shoot a mule deer or antelope or something like that. That's a good dad, trade. And my dad's like, whoa, what, what? You know, like he hung up the phone and dad's sitting there. He goes, he's going to trade you out that for a set <laughs> a group of hogs. I said, dad, you got to realize that's their hogs to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's places that I know that they want you to come and shoot every turkey you see because they can't stand looking at them. Oh, yeah, yeah,
2: the Miriams and stuff like that. I know, you know the guy that guy – that i used to go out with out west his son has started a his own it's called heart spear outfitters that he does out of uh, casper wyoming Mm -hmm. and he specializes in in uh, bear elk and mountain lions his dad does his dad does the elk antelope mule deer uh prairie dog stuff and he's like dude i'd be willing to trade an osceola and i go what do you mean trade an osceola goes Dude, come up here and shoot a mountain lion. I mean, they're willing to give away a mountain lion for an Osceola. And I was like, you're going to give up a mountain we lion hunt for an Osceola? Show. And he's like, <laughs> like, yeah, I've never done it before. And I said, well, That first, is gold. I said, first yeah. off, you better get ready for it. And I said, I need you to train a little bit for Osceola turkey hunt because it ain't nothing like here. And he's like, what are you talking about? I said, Mm-mm. put on a sweatsuit. Go sit in your garage or your car in the sun. And when you start sweating and it's running into your face, then start getting ready to start calling.
4: So that <laughs> way you get right.
2: so you get ready down here. And he's like, "Really, is that bad?" I'm like, "Dude, you're you're." He's born and raised there. Yeah. Maybe 30% relative humidity as they're high. I said, "Dude, that's that's not even a shower in the oh, yeah. state of Florida. You're gonna die out here. So just be ready." And uh, it's a shocker. And uh, he's still it's still on the table. He's like, "Come on, up, shoot him out of line, man." I'm like, I, "I just I don't know. I, I just." I, I've eaten them. They're delicious. Uh I mean, but uh, I don't want to be chasing a bunch of dogs up there and shoot something out of it. It's like shooting a giant raccoon out of a tree.
5: (laughs) Oh, come on now. Take him up on it. That'd be a bucket list. Go ahead and Uh, take it off the list. Let's do it. I'd rather
2: take a buff. I'd rather go out and shoot one of the buffaloes. That'd that'd be me. You might
3: have to get me one of those e-bikes you were talking about on the show earlier, but I'm That's the other thing.
2: I mean, it's like, you think North Carolina hunting is tough Or, (laughs) or Tennessee? Out there, it is boing, boing. I mean, straight up oh, down yeah. those Medicine Bow Mountains. Yeah, it's like... He's where? 200 yards where? that way,
3: but we're going to have to climb four miles of mountains yeah, to get gonna, to him. We're going to
2: go around this way on the back side Okay, where's the truck? Because there's no air up there, for one thing, for a guy down here at sea level. As oh, soon as yeah. you get up there, it takes two days to get enough blood in your system to even walk to the damn truck.
5: I've had altitude sickness before, and that is one of the worst feelings I've ever had. So.
2: And I don't think a lot of people realize that. I mean, when you think of, like, Bob Folkrod... Who trained for what? Six months before he actually went on his big sheep hunt. I mean, he was doing the wearing the mask thing, where oxygen starvation and putting on his pack and walking on a treadmill for two hours at a time, and all just to go shoot a stupid goat.
5: Oh yeah, I mean well, it's crazy, and and that shows it's just different mindsets. And you know I respect the guys out in the in the West uh, for hunting the way they do, but you know they look at us as guys that just drive their forward to the base of stand, sit up there and shoot something. And to them, it's a, it's a big journey. And for us, we look at somebody that's going to climb, you know, twenty miles a day for one possible shot at something as as that's crazy. You know, so it's just it's it's different worlds. And uh,
3: well, and you experience, and I know this when I got into the business. I remember the first time that I went to Illinois or you go to Indiana or you go to places like that, those guys will go out. When they get out in the stand, they get out in the stand at daylight and they don't get off till dark. Yeah, and, that's me. Uh, that's, I'm the same you way. Know, most, of, most of the guys, I mean, let's face it, for where we come from down here, you go out at daylight, 9, thirty, ten o'clock. If you ain't seen something, you're yep. it, it's time to go have brunch or yeah. whatever and get a nap and you're back. Two o'clock, one o'clock, two o'clock in the stand.
5: Three o'clock, you know, there's thirty sometimes. minutes before sunset. Not sometimes.
2: me, man. I'm I'm a, I'm an all dayer. I fill up that and pack with pumpkin seeds, a couple of apples, two extra cans of Copenhagen, and well, I'm good. Well, but that's what I'm getting at is water.
3: is going out there and then coming home. Like when I would go to the woods after that, there are times that I would sit twelve, one, two o'clock, mm-hmm. and I doubled the amount of deer that I would see. Sure, him, you if know. you ain't yeah. there
2: to see them,
5: they, they're not and there. And big deer. Well, they, they, they pick on me out in the Midwest and uh, call me the lodge lizard because I'll hunt until about 9 o'clock, get down and go to the lodge, get my breakfast, and uh, <laughs> we'll end up killing something. And I'm, I'm waving at the guys <laughs> that are sitting in the, still sitting in the tree all day. So. I,
2: uh, I remember Come on, t- man,
3: they got you one time of the tree when you get <laughs> Yeah, there. that's
5: exactly
2: it. I, I went up north to a place that was uh, it's supposed to be a quality, uh, you know, deer experience and all that stuff and i remember the guy took me out there and it was dark and he's like you know you go down this trail keep going down and you'll see a tripod stand down there you got a three-way opening and all this stuff and he says all right i'll be back here at around 9:30 uh, to pick you up and i said "9:30 30 p.m and he's like no a.m we'll take you back for breakfast i go Man, I don't want to see you again till it's dark.
3: <laughs> till I can I see said it. I'll
2: be standing on this road in the dark, waiting for you to come get me. He goes,
5: "You're going to stay out here all day?" And I went, "You're damn right I am. If I'm not here, I'm not going to see it." See, uh, and Jonathan, I'm sure you appreciate this from the outfitter perspective. You love that guy. You can just drop him off in the morning. Don't have to deal with him. For the rest right. of the day. I love well, you. It. Listen yeah. for the shot. End up a I'll smoke call you. Signal
3: if you need me. I yeah. will
5: let you know when something's
2: on the ground. I'll walk back to the damn cabin. I don't care. <laughs> He's out there about a mile away. I going to go kill him. I got to go get him. I won't drag him the whole way. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a break. We're sitting here talking with uh, Ricky and Carson, of course, in Final Draw TV. Uh, Jonathan's here. Bill George is still hanging out. We're at Countryside Baptist Church for the uh, Wild Game Dinner. It happens on uh, 3 o'clock is when it gets underway. We're going to take a fast break, you guys. We're brought to you by Brandon Ford. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back, everybody. It's the Big and Wild Outdoors. Uh, Braden, Richard, <laughs> and Carson from Final Draw, and, of course, Bill George and uh, uh, that guy, Jonathan, who's decided to hang out with us. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, we want to say thanks to uh, Carson and Richard for showing up and hanging out today. But before we get out of here, Bill George is wanting to give us a rundown on the uh Situation with the FWC, Jonathan called in. I wrote my emails. Everybody is still talking about it on social media, uh, about the closure or the opening of Tampa Bay for Redfish Trout. Henceforth the
3: reason I haven't been getting harassed all morning long.
2: Yeah, that's true. So, uh, what is their uh, final findings on this thing, Bill George? Well,
1: there was no, quote, decision to make, even though FWC's original position was to recommend rescinding the executive order which expires May 31st, I I will say I was extremely impressed in the fact that last year at this time there was a total of five people that spoke on it. Five. Uh, That's it. Uh, Four against. There was three for the closure. Of course, CCA being one that has kept wanting to have the closure, which doesn't make sense to me when they're supposed to look out for a very large, diverse group of people. But this time there was quite a bit of turnout. And, you know, we've talked about it for the last couple of weeks in this and that. Um, and I will say, um, you know, Eric recognized the fact that the, he had been meeting with the private guides and, and whatnot. And they had not done outreach with the common citizen up until that point. Um, you know, they started sending out some emails after we started harping on it, but um, they—they're going to let this CEO run out through at least to May. They got another commission meeting mid-May. Um, my hope is that we can get the EO rescinded at that meeting. if You know, they, but they do not want to rescind it right now. They want to look at more management options, and more options for restrictions if they open it back up, which is which is what some of the guides want. And I, wa- I want to stress, you know, we talk, uh, there's a lot of things, all guides or captains are not the same. There are guides out there that are looking to be able to take fish for their clients. They're losing client base because of not being able to take fish. Um, but then there are others that just as soon see you always have catch and release only.
2: Well, yeah. I mean, looking at social media there, I saw people saying keep it closed for five more years. And I'm thinking to myself, why? I mean, and then you hear people say, well, we want it to be like Texas and Louisiana. And I go, really? Maybe you should look at some of the pictures on Carson's phone of of schools of dead redfish now because of the freeze. So, what do you think is going to happen up there? You think they're going to implement more restrictions up there, off the coast of Texas and Louisiana, because of the uh, freeze up there, like no. we did here in Florida? No. Because um, you got to remember that once you have greater numbers, then greater numbers are more affected. And I know you've brought no, this no, up. No, no,
1: see, we're going to have this is that. That phrase we're going to have to let our stock be protected longer so that our stock can move up there and help rebuild. Well, our
3: and stock. I can say this from <laughs> I listening, guess. I can say it definitely like this from listening to that for the last 2 days, I have a little bit more respect for the commissioners, but I have a lot of respect now for guys like you and Chuck and all that that go to My Lord, it's like there were points that I'm sitting there built. I was literally sitting there building fence and I had it running through the Bluetooth in my truck that I thought that I was going to bash my head into one of the
1: corner posts that I was building the fence on. There, there are, <laughs> there are, and, and and as much as Braden hates me saying it, they are stakeholders. They, their opinion does too count. Um, you know, but there's some crazy people out there. Well, and and
2: it's kind of like the whole thing with the brown pelican. Yeah. If you get back down to it, talking to the FWC, talking to officers, talking to people who are in fishing groups and everywhere else, the end goal, when you ask them to, to strip away all this complaining and lines and all this other stuff, all the take lying the that they're doing, out of it. take all the, the fluff that they add to it and say, what is your end goal for this? Is it to save the pelicans? Or is it to end fishing? And you know what they always say? Oh, end fish. fishing. Yeah. They don't want any fishing done. So it's not about the pelicans. It's about a, an end to a means well, to get this done is and what it is. The
3: thing about it was for me, and like I said, I said this to you earlier, and I have no trouble saying this on air. There is a lot of organizations that our shop has supported in the past, uh, and I was a little, bit, a little bit disappointed as far as – Org- and I'm not going to name any names. You know who you are. I'm, but I mean, as far as they proclaim and put out there that they're for sportsmen and women, and kind of like was, a
1: muzzleloader brand.
3: I, I'm not. Like I said, I'm not we're naming talking about
1: muzzleloader brand.
3: But and it was, and I like I said, I will give the commissioners credit. They were very polite. They listened to people. I know when I called in, you know, they give you your time, and they're not
1: the uh, you know they're attentive because they,
3: obviously you can see them when you're talking to them
1: they 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 turn around and the commission the the FWC in in Florida here is great in the sense that we do have that opportunity to go out there and speak to our commissioners um and and do it in such a public forum through the rulemaking process and that's that's my biggest problem with this um we're going to be at the end of this if we if the way it is, three years of Snook being closed.
2: That's crazy to me. The
1: executive order only, okay? That means the the citizens were never given due process in that process for three years. Yeah, never heard that, a word from us. Eos Eos are, are should be there to take care of short term immediate needs. And everything else should be done well, through rulemaking. And
3: it's like I said in my comments when I called in. You know, natural disasters change everything. Obviously, I'm a person that can speak to that. But like I said in my comments, going through Hurricane Michael at the woods. There are places that in the past I could take you with my eyes shut. And when I say the words, I guarantee you, you're going to shoot a deer, a hog, or there are going to be turkeys over here. Guess what? It's like I said. Your honey hole that used to be your honey hole, the honey might have ran out, so you might have to go find another honey hole. Well, I mean, you know,
2: and when you talk about stakeholders and all the people who have a say in it, you know that I disagree with that and the fact that if you don't own a hunting license in this state, I, you know, why are you talking about hunting and when it has no effect on you whatsoever? Uh, Carson here, has, uh, in my opinion, has more input, and I would listen to what he has to say as a man who has his own TV show, who relies on state regulations, not just here in Florida, but anywhere that he has to go, he is a stakeholder in that, and he's a stakeholder in any one of those states where he purchases a license, where he and Richard go and do what they want to do. His input means more to me than somebody who moved down here from New York who uh, thinks that because a brown pelican uh, got hooked by a piece of fishing line that it should be totally closed, or that a guy who moved here five years ago got his captain's license on 4th Street, and now is running a charter and has got clients who are catching 50, 60 snook a day, wants to keep that and keep them happy, and doesn't feel the same way about me. If I'm not paying him to do that, well, then he doesn't give two craps about me doing it or going out and having a good time at it or maybe wanting to keep one and take it home. To me, I'm stealing his client's fish, my, it, and that, it, that that's what pisses me off about the whole well, thing.
1: Well, some of them, they do like to see those very high catch rates, okay? But – we all would like to see people go out there, have a good time, high catch rates, whether or not you're hunting, you see a lot of game animals out But what's out a there. high catch rate? But That's but different for each kind person. Day, but at the end of the day, is my desire for that shouldn't override your desire to keep a couple of fish or the table. Exactly. And now, if, if
2: Carson's out there and he's wanting to go shoot a deer, and Richard, for some unknown reason, hit his head really hard and he just wants to take pictures yeah. and doesn't want to kill one anymore, then th- they're going to go out there and have a good time together. It doesn't really matter. He's going to shoot a deer, put it in a cooler, and take it home, and uh, Richard's going to take some on his phone, and uh, you know, we'll look at him in the dark while he's laying on a pillow somewhere uh, you know, by himself. That's just <laughs> so, the way he is. So, Sorry, And, and my
1: th- <laughs> my thing is and I hope you your wife's not listening and you and you turn around and you hear people talk about science 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 the science is is there the science is solid okay um
2: richard do you think they should open up tampa bay for redfish trout and uh, snook yes or no you all right so he says i would think so carson what do you think
5: Hey, if the science supports it, yeah. I mean, I'm all for it.
2: Really? Yeah. As a person who was down here visiting, would you mind if you went out with a guide or a captain or with your own brother-in-law or something, and you caught maybe a couple little redfish and wanted to take them home to eat dinner? That's all right with you? Couple? Whoa, 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 whoa! Even if they opened it, you could only keep, keep one. one. So, I said a couple because there's two of you, one so,
1: each, so it's all good. Well, you're so, calling them a couple? Yeah, they are. They yeah, drive around in the oh
2: truck all I said right. him and his brother-in-law.
5: Wow. Yeah, there you go. I
2: said <laughs> him and his brother-in-law. Man, we,
5: we have a bunch of restrictions on redfish and everything back home, but we still we're slot limits, obviously, and uh, it's one a day or sure. in that slot. So yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's fine if you have the population and it's protected. The battle that we have, and I don't know, if, I don't know much about y'all situation out here, but um, especially on the shrimping and industry and stuff. Um, they want to – or flounder has been a huge topic back home. It is here now. They can go out and um, these guys that are catching them for seafood can go out and catch unlimited. Yep. But yet the average fisherman, you know, that spends his 50 or $60 on a saltwater license back home can't keep one. You know, there's – I mean, zero. So. Yeah. That's crazy
2: talk, uh, yeah. and uh, they've already done that with us down here with uh, putting restrictions on flounder because you got guides and people will go, well, there's 15 other species you can go out there and catch if you want something to eat, and you yeah. go, oh, really? You mean those same 15 species that now the FWC is looking at because the numbers have been so hammered because you can't keep the other fish, and now they're going to make restrictions well, on that. We've reduced, cooler, we've
1: reduced trip, bag limit on sheep head. Triple tail,
2: cobia uh, next, all that other the, stuff, yeah. everything.
3: Well, and Dylan Hubbard made a great comment too and i think this is something that they don't look at dry land or water what about predation sharks goliath grouper i mean pelicans like you said cormorants the birds i mean there's
2: ospreys
3: (laughs) you know i mean
2: all those things that uh pick and eat it's like you said about deer you know there's not a day doesn't go by something trying to kill it same thing happens with any kind of fish in the ocean
1: the only way we're going to get anything back before may is if people really start working to get into the governor.
2: Yeah, well we'll we'll see. Carson, thanks for stopping by. Richard, it was a pleasure meeting you. Come yes, on sir. out and see us today. We're out here at Countryside Baptist Church. It gets underway at three o'clock. It's a wild game dinner. Come on out and see us today.
1: It's at the corner of Gallagher and Sydney Road in Dover, Florida.